0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket. So I want to make sure people can afford to pay the rent so they have jobs and there's job diversity. People are coming there and will continue to come there. There's not a mass exodus. And then there's healthy supply and demand. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal, best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing? Or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service, here comes the free gift. Linda Libertori, you know her, episode 714, I interviewed her about her best ever advice. Talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages reminders all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units, or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup. And the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. And today we are doing a special episode like we usually do called Follow Along Friday. And we have a whole bunch of questions to answer from a lot from best ever listeners and we will not get to all of them that have been submitted on this episode however we do plan on getting to all of them that have been submitted in this plus future episodes so if you don't hear your question answered then sit tight and just keep on tuning in to future episodes the manly voice you just heard is theo hicks Theo, I hope you're having a great day, and you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock, Theo. Let's do it. All right, and Theo's recovered <coughs> from an illness. He went to Disney World and got, good. got him good. So fortunately, he's well enough to do the show with us. Hopefully, the sniffling and the coughing doesn't bother anyone. Yes, yes. Well, we can try and edit some of that out. Let me try to do it on you either. <laughs> I'll turn this way. I
1: appreciate it. Alright, how do we want to approach today? Before we get into questions, do we just give a quick update on the build you're working on in your business or best thing that's happened to you, worst thing that's happened to you since we last spoke? Yeah,
0: I'd say the deal we're closing on in Dallas, the two hundred plus unit apartment community that's directly across the street from the one we already own is going well. And one Observation, and this is not related to that deal, but one observation I had was here in my local community, business went out of business. Mm. It was a cupcake shop, and I did not know it was going out of business. Although I kind of could tell because it didn't have very many customers, but I didn't know it was in that situation. Then, you know, one day, Colleen and I are walking Jack, our dog, and we noticed that it's out of business and. It made me think of the idea that a lot of businesses have a going-out-of-business sale, and then once that's done, then they go out of business. But I've never heard of a business having a a, we're-in-trouble-and-we-might-go-out-of-business-if-we-don't-get-help sale. Hmm. And I was thinking—and this is a random thought, by the way. I recognize that, but maybe there's application in real estate. Certainly as (coughs) entrepreneurs, if we're in trouble— asking for help from the community and trying to get that help so that we don't have to then go out of business. In this case, they didn't even have a going out of business sale. They just went out overnight. However, instead of having a going out of business sale, maybe it's, can you help us out? We're in trouble sale and then rally the community because a lot of times businesses might not know that they have dedicated customers and people who follow their company or brand or product or service and that could help rally the troops, and perhaps together they can right the ship.
1: I think that's a good point, just because I'm just kind of reflecting on myself, and I'm the kind of person that has a lot of difficulty asking for help. Just because, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, I don't, I don't know why that is. Because you're a man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> i a man. I guess men are stereotypically, don't want to ask for help, but we're in a business where you can't do it by yourself. no You have to ask for help. So if something were to go wrong, not only could someone... Help you whether it's financially or just support you're having a hard time, or just asking like, hey, I've got this issue at my property and I have no idea how to fix it. Instead of just ignoring it or mm-hmm. stumbling my way through it and maybe fixing it, it just takes two seconds to send someone an email or send someone a message on the Bigger Pockets or submit a best ever listener mm-hmm. question. So I think they're definitely kind of ready right, to just asking for help and kind of getting over the It's like a fear. It's just like you just don't want to you you, You you, don't want to address it yeah yeah thank (laughs) you for connecting the dots for me (laughs) and, and making that a relevant observation
0: for a real estate show i and it totally is now that you connect the dots for me because when we have a deal you just said when we have a deal and it's not doing well or a particular business not doing well don't wait until it's too late rather talk to people who you already know tell them hey i'm in trouble is there something that you know of that I should be doing? Exactly. And you might come up with solutions. You, they might say, you just need to end this thing, close it out, and move on. Who knows? But That's a good adaptation. Yeah. Cool. All right. What about you? Remind everyone what you recently bought,
1: and then if you have any Okay. Made, yeah, so I recently, um, I think next week will be a month since I officially bought three, four unit properties of so 12 units total, all in purchase price of 660000 and really no new updates. This past week, nothing's happened in the past week. Nothing falling on cars. Yeah, no more ceilings falling on cars. No more leaks going in the basement. And the only thing I've done is I went over there and mowed the lawns and kind of timed it to see how long it took based off our last conversation make sure I will spend my time properly. I guess the only update is that what we have on the agenda for this month is to re-sign leases with everyone. And the approach is going to be emailing or calling everyone because we have everyone's email. Now, I'm not going to do the notes on the door anymore because I don't think they necessarily like the notes on the door. I'll only do that like if I have to, but I think having everyone's email address is the way I'm going to use it for now because everyone is responsive that way. And we're going to set up a time to go in there and meet everyone and let them know who we are. And we're going to re leases. And then based on the conversation I had with Linda of Secure One, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week or not, but she said something very interesting. She so said when you go in there, when you first take of a property, you ask them what's one thing you want to have fixed that hasn't been addressed by the previous owner. So that's the warning I'm going to use. I think last time we talked about how we're afraid that they'll be like, oh, you know, redo my kitchen. It's like, well, that's not what I meant. But we're going to do that to kind of get off on the right foot with the new residents and it's that way since we address something based off of kind of, I think, what you said way back when I first bought the property. You actually do something and then you can raise the rents up to market rents versus just going in there and just raising them mm-hmm. and not doing anything and then kind of coming across. Maybe a little slimy. I don't know. But besides that, nothing really going on on that front. And then I guess the only thing, I mean, the worst thing that's happened to me is I'm sick, but I'm getting better. So that's the best ever thing that's happened. Being sick, I mean, just... Maybe real estate related, but it kind of puts things in perspective. Because when I get sick, I'm just like a complete baby. And maybe even goes back to asking for help, like asking Marcella to like help me get food and stuff. But I was like in a complete fog for like three or four days. And everything that happened was negative and the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. And
0: it feels so good to be better. Well, when you're sick, if you can do some written down affirmations when you first wake up, that might help. And you know for the last... 20 days I've been doing that and mm-hmm. it's such a powerful way to wake up and we talked about where I heard that from the Tim Ferriss podcast yep.
1: interviewing wasn't it his morning routines so yeah. I haven't, I haven't said I think it's like episode one <laughs> I say it on my phone yeah it but doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter say. anyway that's one thing if you're sick and you need a little jump start maybe you
0: do that but hopefully you don't persist to be sick so i don't want
1: to go into disney world till new year's
0: i'll probably be sick again then oh wow (laughs) two disney worlds a 12 month period i love it there man oh my (laughs) god okay i love that place oh i would not have guessed that okay we have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. from you the best ever listeners and all of them that we're going to discuss today will be apartment syndication-related, with one exception. One exception. And that question came last
1: week, and we want to make sure we address it. And it was from Jacob, right? And it basically he's asking, how do you go about selling a single-family home or two- to four-unit home and have it be valued using the cap rate and the income? Do you have the actual question, because yeah, is- I
0: thought he was asking about a portfolio, like if you have multiple single-family homes... Can
1: you group it together as a portfolio? So what's the exact question? So the exact question is, is it realistic to expect to be able to sell a portfolio of single-family homes and two to four units as a commercial property based off its income as you would an apartment building? Yeah. Okay. So, yes,
0: it is. Interviewed an expert on this on the show. His name is Mark Allen. He's a broker for Sperry Van Ness in Fort Worth, Texas. What episode is that? Uh, 920. Episode 920, Mark Allen And he talks about the benefits of doing that being, one, you sell off of the NOI and then you've got the beauty of cap rates multiplying your value, two, you lower your broker fees because you're selling them in bulk and just your overall transaction fees are lower. So, if you want more information on that topic in particular, then just listen to that interview. Search Mark Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Joe Fairless, and that interview will come up, and it is... Or just 920. 920. You can go check it out.
1: Perfect. Moving on to multifamily syndication questions.
0: Multifamily apartment syndication questions. Okay. These are from David B. And... David, you asked a bunch of questions, and that's good. We just won't get to all of them on the show. So the first question is, how do you choose your market, and how should I choose mine? And then he says, I know most people say invest close to home and choose a place with job growth where one employer doesn't have the majority of jobs. I've spoken to many syndicators who invest in places like Texas, Cali, Indiana, Arizona, and Nevada, But I haven't met many who invest in Florida. He's living in Florida. What makes them choose those places? So I don't know what makes people choose what they choose. So I can't answer that. But I can answer your first question, and that is how did you choose your market and how should I choose mine? How I choose and how we choose our markets is based on what you said earlier in your question, and that is, job diversity and how no one employer makes up more than 25% of jobs in a market. Dallas-Fort Worth, it's 14% is a leading industry according to the census.gov. And Nevada, flip that, Nevada is, I want to say, 28% for hospitality. Yeah, because the casinos and stuff. Casinos and stuff, exactly. So that is the primary thing I look at is Job diversity because when one employer, one industry goes away, I want the rest of the economy able to pick up the slack. In addition, I look at the supply and demand. Want to make sure that the absorption rate, so that's factoring in the amount of new builds plus current inventory and looking at how many potential renters there are. Juxtaposed to that, I want to make sure that's healthy. And I'd say the third primary thing I look for is just the overall growth in the population and the population trend. So I want to make sure people can afford to pay the rent so they have jobs and there's job diversity. People are coming there and will continue to come there. There's not a mass exodus. And then there's healthy supply and demand. Those are the three primary things we look for. But there's about seven or eight other things. When you look for a market, what do you look
1: for? And I know there's overlap, but anything in particular that I didn't mention? I guess this is more for the smaller properties, but honestly right now what I looked at was it's closeness to Oakley and Hyde Park, which people aren't going to understand what that means they are not from Cincinnati, but they are two really nice areas in Cincinnati that are building a ton of apartments, and the rents are insanely high. And my assumption is that the locations on the outskirts are going to be the new Oakley, five, ten years from now. It's not time to go in there and, and look at the rents and the property values and see how those are trending with time, and if they kind of, I guess, meet my assumptions, then I'll invest there. That's how I picked Pleasant Ridge.
0: You nailed Pleasant Ridge, by the way. I didn't mention this, but Colleen and I went to the new Mexican restaurant in yeah. Pleasant Ridge. I can't remember what it's called. Casa Fuego, I think. Is Amazing. Okay. Amazing okay. House Margaritas, and your area is going to get the spillover from the uppity-up areas that yeah. are directly next to it.
1: Maybe one other thing just to mention is that my friend subscribes to the business career here, so I'm not sure if every city or state has that. I know, like, Dallas has one. I know they have one up in Dayton and Columbus. But I'll read that and just kind of see where they building new development at. It'll come out, like, a year before they even – the entire project is tracked when, you know, they are first talking to city council and when the plans are being created and then when they're to start and when it's done. You got to see, a couple years ago, they mentioned how they're going to start building all these new restaurants in, I guess they call it downtown Pleasant Ridge, and I remember, in the back of my mind, I remember reading that like a year ago, and you kind of use that to like get ahead of the game, too. It's like, oh, well, they're building something in two years over here, and so in two years from now, people are probably going to be willing to invest there, or maybe they're going to be selling, or something will happen there, so maybe if they get there ahead of time, I can maybe catch that appreciation curve. Not basing my decision solely on that, but just that's the added advantage of getting in somewhere early. so smart. Just kind of reading up on the area, too. I like that. And
0: that's similar to what Barbara Corcoran said whenever I interviewed her on the show, how she was looking for the up-and-coming areas, and she wasn't reading the newspaper, but she was looking (coughs) to see where the artists were moving to. Huh? Yeah, that's a good point. And just following the artists, and one of her best investments turned out. That's how she found it. Okay. And as far as... Investing in Florida, why I have chosen to stay out of Florida is because we have a really good thing going in Dallas-Fort Worth. So why rock the boat? Why try and mess things up just for the sake of checking some other markets out? We diversify within sub-markets of Dallas-Fort Worth, but I think there's a really good thing that's going to continue to happen in DFW for at least the next five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen, but... The fundamentals are there for DFW. As far as Fort Worth, Nevada, Arizona, or Phoenix in particular, I know I'm grouping some states and some cities, so I'm about to make a generalization, and obviously not everything is applied to what I'm about to say for each of those three areas, Arizona, Florida, and Nevada. Generally speaking, when the market corrects itself, those areas historically have been hit the hardest. So we've got to really pay attention to the fundamentals of how you buy. And that ties back to a question that you ask later about what we look for in a property. And that is stabilized cash flowing properties. So that means they're at least 90% occupied and they have value add components to them, ideally built 1980 to 2000, somewhere around there, and that mitigates risk because we're not buying a distressed property that is older. We're buying a relatively newer property that is performing. We're buying a business that's currently making money, and we're simply enhancing the cash flow through those value add streams. So you you can take that approach and apply it to those other states, but that's just generally why mm-hmm. I focus on DFW. All right, next question is how do you find off-market deals and actually get the owners or someone of power to respond? I've sent out direct mail and called some owners with no luck so far. Well, we have interviewed, fortunately, apartment investors who tell stories about how they found off-market deals. And I have the episodes. I'm going to mention them real quick. There's six of them. But we'll also include these six episodes in the show notes. And we got it. Grant's got it for us. Perfect. Yeah, Theo was reaching for his computer right there. (laughs) We we got a team member who's going to do that. So we've got – Grant, our team member, will include it in the show notes when the episode goes live. So you'll see it. If you're watching right now via Facebook Live, then he'll include it in the link below. The episodes really quickly are 180, and it's titled A Brilliant Way to Find Off-Market Commercial Real Estate Deals You've Never Heard of Before – I wish I could just tell you what it is, but I totally forgot what that one way is. So you'll have to listen to that episode. Episode 345, Your Guide to Direct Mail, Cold Calling, and Multifamily Purchasing with investor John Cohen. He's a apartment syndicator in Long Island. Met with him a couple times. Great guy. And he's been on the show multiple times. Episode 340, How to Find Multifamily Deals Without Brokers with Juan Maldonado. Mm-hmm. I do remember that conversation He's based in Texas, I want to say San Antonio, Austin area, and he talks about how he drives for dollars for apartment communities, Mm -hmm. and he talks about that in the interview. Episode 849, How to Leverage Brokers to Hustle for Deals with Stash. He is a broker in Cincinnati, and he talks about how to work with brokers to get deals. Now, obviously, that won't be a deal without a broker. Because he is a broker, and he talks about how to work with brokers. However, you can get off-market deals through brokers. You just have to pay their fee, but that will remove the competitive bid situation from the Mm. equation. So you can still get a better deal. We've purchased deals that way. Episode 868, How to Snag Deals from Brokers and What Questions to Ask with Andrew Cushman in Episode 934. How to find deals in a hot market with Joe Fairless. <laughs> I do remember how to do that one. And that is where I discuss how we purchased two apartment communities, one on market, one off market, and combined the operations. And we're able to pay a market price for one because we're getting a below market price for the other. And overall, it was a really good deal. Mm-hmm and we're doing something similar right now. We own the property across the street that we're closing on next month, and the property across the street was off-market. The property we're buying now is on-market. We're combined not the properties. So from the public standpoint, it will still be different properties, and from a bank account and everything, they're separate. However, we're able to, from an operations standpoint, have efficiencies because of that. And I'll give you one additional tip. This is something that I suspect you have not heard of before for how to find off-market deals locally. And that is go to the courthouse when they're going through the eviction proceedings Hmm. and identify which landlords are going there frequently because they're likely have better things to do and want to be doing with their life than going to eviction court to be kicking out their tenants. And perhaps they will be motivated sellers. So if you live in locally, and in this case, David, you mentioned investing in Florida or why people don't. Well, if you want to invest in Florida where you're at and try and get some off-market deals, then do that research, go to the courthouse, and start speaking to those owners and you're going to find some motivated sellers or people who are at least going to have a conversation with you because they don't want to be there.
1: That's a really good one. I'm sure you can get a really good deal if you catch someone at the right time. Yeah. Got a bunch of evictions. That's a really good idea. It's a good yeah. one. And then we've
0: got time for one more
1: question. Then we'll
0: move on and we'll get to your additional questions, David, as well as anyone else who submitted questions. Which we have a couple of people. We'll get to those on a future episode. So last question when your goal is to come to the table with zero dollars how do you structure the deal and he's talking about apartment syndication how do you structure the deal so that investors pay for lawyer fees associated with creating the company ppm subscription package etc well those items you mentioned are all part of the closing costs therefore they are paid out by your entity at closing and you and investors are part of that entity So that's a typical apartment syndication. The entity pays for the costs associated to closing and those items you mentioned, PPM subscription agreement, company agreement, lawyer fees, that is part of doing business. So that's what the entity pays for. So it's just the typical syndication model. And obviously if you invest in your deals alongside investors, then your contributing to that because you have part ownership in the deal if you're not then you're still contributing technically because you have ownership in the deal and the payment is paid out and then after that all profits are distributed based on your percent ownership so your ownership will be watered down just like everyone else's when you pay those fees but it's an expense just like anything else like paying a plumber to come fix a a toilet
1: so that's how it's structured all right what else we got? We got a couple of exclusive interviews coming up next week you we wanted to mention.
0: Yeah. It is two
1: football players. I think Wesley, I think one's a football player, one's a basketball player, because I think one of the guys is a basketball player, right? Tony Delk? Is he? He's one of the two. Oh I know Fletcher is, is a yeah. former
0: football player, and I should know Tony Delk. I recognize his name. Basketball, yeah. UK. UK. So we've got any Wildcat listeners. I've got one of my good friends is a Wildcat passionate basketball fan. So <laughs> I'm probably getting I'll probably get some hate mail after yeah. not, not recognizing Tony Delk's name <laughs> immediately. That UK fan base is rabid. I know that, especially with basketball. Yes, interviewing Tony Delk and Terrell Fletcher next week. And those interviews will be coming out in the next couple weeks. So looking forward to that. Talking to them about entrepreneurship and what they're doing post-professional life because as real estate investors, we are all entrepreneurs and that's something that we can learn from. How to reinvent yourself or how to, when you're in a full-time job, in this case, they were sports professionals, how to transition into business while maintaining your full-time job.
1: So how do you do that? So it's, it's
0: all relevant and they've clearly excelled at the highest level within their professions.
1: So, yeah, I'm looking forward to those interviews. And I'll also mention the conference. Yeah, that next year. yeah, conference, February 9th, 10th.
0: You can go to besteverconference.com. Got the early bird special ticket. It's the best value you will get ever with the conference. And the early bird tickets are limited. And for sure, they will end by Halloween. So if you want to go to the conference... And the reason why, it's the, I promise you, it's the most high quality of attendees that you'll come across at the conference. That's what we heard last year. And um, there's no sales, no nothing from speakers. It's just all about, well, no nothing. (laughs) There is something. (laughs) There's quality content. And it's all about helping you accomplish the goals that you set out to accomplish when you attend. So we actually have a questionnaire that you'll fill out after you sign up for the conference and we'll make sure that we personalize the
1: content to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish at the conference. Yep it was a good time last year I think my favorite part was you got the speakers that you kind of mentioned that are just a million dollars in real estate and doing it for decades but you actually get to talk to them because it's a multi-day event and they'll speak and then they'll kind of be in the crowd during breaks and actually talk to them and get to know them and ask them more detailed questions based off of your personal experience and kind of what you want to get out of it and from my perspective that's the most value I got out of it was the conversations with the speakers during the dinners which is you know you don't get to do that if you don't show up to some sort of real estate conference in person just in general so mm-hmm. yep
0: absolutely the relationships I mean Tim Ferriss talks about going a inch wide and a mile deep with networking and I wholeheartedly embrace that even though I have a Podcast where I interview a person a day. <laughs> but from building relationships, just don't hand out all these business cards. Just go inch wide, get to know people, and go mild mile deep with certain people. And you do that with the right people, and it's a game changer. Additionally, I want to mention, it's a lot of fun to join the Best Ever Community Facebook group. If you haven't already, just search Best Ever I think it's just best ever community on Facebook. Best ever community on Facebook. We've got all sorts of fun stuff we're doing from what's the one piece of advice you would not give a real estate investor starting out to how many deals have you done just to see the high quality again of how many deals people in the group have done. Conversation around what challenges you're currently coming across and the community helping you out and all sorts of other things. We might have some exclusive videos or offers through that Facebook group. You'll enjoy it. If you're a Facebook person, then go to Best Ever Community on Facebook. Ask to be accepted into it. We'll accept you and we'll jump right in.
1: Cool. And finally, we'll end with Review of the Week. So again, we really appreciate these reviews and the feedback of what you guys like and what we can do more of. This week, the Review of the Week goes to Chris, where he says, Joe puts in a ton of effort to give his listeners the absolute best content. The variety of guests on his show are very impressive and provide tremendous value. I listen to this every day and it has launched my career in real estate. Thanks, Joe. Oh, sweet. I love hearing that. And one thing that we are improving upon, and
0: hopefully you noticed it this week versus previous follow-along Fridays, is that Theo sends me the agenda two days before we record that way I can see what the agenda is and can prepare versus all previous follow-along Fridays. He'd show up and he'd say, like, all right, here's what we're talking about. I'm like, okay, and I had to do it on the spot. So now I'm more prepared and can provide more quality content mm-hmm. on follow-along Friday. So we're going to do that moving forward, and you'll see a increase in just being more succinct I know that was a comment a while ago, which I think I'm pretty succinct though, but giving more substantive stuff to you. So uh, hopefully you recognize that and appreciate it. Well, enjoyed it. Thanks again for listening. Best ever listeners. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener. And guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30 minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin' Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellen.com forward slash show. That's dwellynncom forward slash show.